This is the Silver Screen Happy Hour. I'm Chris Wiegand, along with my brother Jerome. Today we've got another little bonus episode for you. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the Oscar nominees for Best Picture and some of our future episodes. Uh, But first, we went on a bit of a rant about the Detroit Lions. Now, I realize that not all of our listeners are Lions fans, but if you love us, at least you got to appreciate our passion for our, our hometown team and what a heartbreak that game was for us. Now, if you're from Green Bay or something like that or San Francisco and you just want to skip that part, uh, go around to the 16-minute mark, and that's where you'll find where we're talking about the movies. Let's start with the fall of a football team onto their head. You know, um, Jesse was talking to uh, her coworker, uh, Gordon, and he, he made the observation that he goes, you know, Lions fans are like the abused spouse. <laughs> Jesus. And I was like, I thought about it, and I'm like, well, I, I don't know if I go that far, but Dan Campbell is a compulsive gambler. He's got a problem. He cannot let go on fourth down. He's got to go for it. So here's the thing. I have now, <laughs> it took about 36 hours to get here, Um but I, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, the Lions lost in the NFC title game. It was They were one game away from the Super Bowl. They've never been to a Super Bowl. And we were on the road at the number one t- seeded San Francisco 49ers. And what was the score at halftime? 24-10. to 10, We were leading at halftime. Oh, scratch that. No. 24-7. Seven. Seven. It was 24-7 at halftime. Um. The Niners came out in the second half and got a field goal on their first drive, made it 24-10. We still had the momentum mm-hmm. because we held them to a field goal. Made some so, big plays. Made some big plays. And then three minutes and 59 seconds, that's all it took. Now, let me tell you five things that happened in three minutes and 59 seconds. I've backed away from kicking Dan Campbell in the nuts because the more I thought about it, Maybe the second one, the second time that it was fourth down, um, and you knew that momentum had shifted. Yeah. Um, you, you, maybe you take the points, but that wasn't even farther. That would have been like a forty-eight yard field goal, no chip shot. Yeah. And if you and if you miss it, they get the ball right there. So I I get it. But wait, let's let's before we get to that second one, mm-hmm. the first one I'm definitely backing off of, and I'll tell you why. We were on their twenty-eight going in. Yeah, yeah. It's fourth and two. We've gone forward in that situation all year long, and we still had momentum at that point. Our offense was still moving. Yeah. So I know he's thinking it's two yards. Now, here's the thing. The play was a well-designed play, too. The guy just dropped the fucking ball. Yeah. yeah it was right yeah. in his hands. So I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, much like our five-point finale, here's the five-point ending to the Lions, and it took three minutes and 59 Hold seconds. on. First of all, I just want to throw my two cents in on the kick, on the non-kicks. So one of the things I keep hearing from people that are defending Campbell is he believes in his guys. That's why he believes in his guys. He doesn't believe in his kicker, apparently. It's not that he doesn't believe in his kicker. He doesn't believe in his kicker. I mean, if he believed in his kicker, he'd have had him out there, at least for one of them. Okay, so he believes in some of his guys. <laughs> so, where's Prater? <laughs> but here's but but here but here's the counterpoint to that. Let's say you're right. Let's say he doesn't. Let's say he goes for the field goal, 
and Bagley shanks it. Mm -hmm. Like Jake Moody shanked one earlier in the game for the Niners. Yeah. He shanks it. Everybody the next day would be kicking Campbell in the nuts saying, why would you kick a field goal? You've been going for no, it in that they'd be situation. Kicking, they'd be kicking the kicker in the nuts. <laughs> Maybe. But they would say, you know what? You already knew the weather conditions weren't great. Moody already shanked one earlier in the game. You go for it on fourth and two all year long. Why would you stop being you? Not, they would blame him for that. My point is, whatever anything goes south, the coach is going to get kicked in the nuts, whether it's his fault or not. Reynolds needs to catch that fucking ball. Reynolds needs to catch that fucking ball. So, now, five-point finale on the Lions. Here we go. <laughs> Keep in mind the time frame. Uh, it's fourth and two. We go for it on fourth down. Reynolds drops the ball. Point number one. Um, two plays later, they have a 51-yard play that gets them down to the Detroit f- f- four-yard line on a fluke play that bounces off our cornerback's face and lands in Brandon Ayuk's one-arm catch down to the four-yard line. That was demoralizing. Fluke play. Um, That's number three. No, that was was number two, right? Yeah, two plays later, that happened. Number three, they punch it in for a touchdown three plays after that, right? Okay. We get the ball back on the kickoff. First play from possession, first play on the next possession, uh, Jameer Gibbs fumbles. They recover. And then four plays after that, they score again. Two turnovers, one on downs, one in a fumble, and two touchdowns off of those turnovers in three minutes, 59 seconds yeah. of, of game time. That ended the game. Because everything after that was just Niners being Niners. Mm-hmm. Everything before that was Lions being Lions. So that crazy four-minute span changed everything. Yeah. Well, here's my hope. My hope. I love Campbell. He's done such an amazing job this year with this team. I mean, the last three years. I My hope is, I don't know. Don't say he's going to learn his lesson because he's not learning this nah, lesson. I, I, I do think there's a – you're going to take it that way. But I do think <laughs> I do think there's a uh, – there's something to learn. There's, I, mean, I agree. There's something to learn. And you know what? He's going to consider this next year if he's in the same situation. I don't know if he'll do the same thing. He might. But he's going to consider it. He does so. play his gut. He does play his gut. And yeah. maybe next time his gut will tell him differently. Now, uh, the reason why I was Facebook rage drunk posting on Sunday night <laughs> going after Dan Campbell hard was because I felt the same way. And my argument to people, because I kept getting our cousin Jeff said something, and everybody else kept saying the same thing. You were happy about it when it worked all year long. Yeah, I know. You you can't be mad at him now. Here was my counter to that, but I was too drunk and angry to really flush it out. <laughs> um, all year long, you're right, I but I loved it when he was doing it. Like when they left the offense out there, I'm like, yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. But last, I was going to say last night, it's been two days now. I, know. I, I still feel like it was just like 10 minutes ago. Sunday night, when we got stopped and it was fourth and two, I remember thinking, sweet, kick the field goal. You go up three scores, we still keep the momentum. And I saw Goff and everybody was still standing out there. And from my chair in the living room, I was saying, no, 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 not this time, not this time, not this time. Yeah. No, like, I had, a, I, I had a sixth sense that it wasn't going to work then. Yeah, yeah. So my counter to everyone saying, oh, you loved it all year long, I didn't love it that night. 
Right. Like be- before it before it failed. Yeah. Now if it when the pass was thrown and Reynolds grabs it in his hands, I was about to jump up, going, "Oh, thank God!" And then I saw the ball hit the ground. Right. And I was like. Fuck! And that's why I went off on Campbell. Why did you go for it? When in reality, I should have been kicking Reynolds in the nuts, because on replay, that God, you gotta catch that ball, I know, man. I know. You gotta catch that ball, son. He's <laughs> got one job. Oh, you got one job. <laughs> and he's made huge plays like that all year long. You know what? So I was, it was uncharacteristic of him to drop that ball. I was thinking about it today, more clearly. I mean, I was so I was hungover and angry all day yesterday. I I can't tell you what a shitty day yesterday was. Yesterday, the assembly plant was just somber. But you (laughs) saw my post. You saw my post yesterday. I have it worse than all you guys. You guys are at least surrounded by other lions. Other grieving fans. Yes, where you guys can commiserate together. Every fucking asswipe that walked in my store with their Niners hats and their Niners shirts. For those of you listening, just a reminder, I live in Northern California. (laughs) My brother and the rest of my family all live in the nestled sweet town of Detroit. So... Everybody that came in was giving me shit. I had to hear about it from fucking everybody, uh, even people that work in my store. Hey, how'd you like that game? How'd you like my finger up your ass? So, <laughs> Wow, why'd you go there? <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't really say that because I could have lost my job. <laughs> but I was pissed, man. I, yesterday, I can't tell. Yesterday might have been the worst day of my life. It was bad. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it ranks. I mean, I don't yeah, know if it's the it's, worst day. Right. It's up there, though. Um, so I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, if we would have went there on home turf, gave it a good effort, but they just kicked our ass the whole game. I said the same thing. I would have slept better. I said the same thing. We were up, and it looked like we had it. Oh, my now, God. All right, look, I'm going to say one more thing. In a religious sense, <laughs> I've made a deal with myself and God that I would never pray for the Lions to win because that's that's God's got more important things to do. And I'm sure somebody on San Francisco's side is praying for the same thing. So what's God going to do? Like, I got to piss somebody off. So I, I always told God I would never pray for the Lions to win. All I pray for, though, is that they play their best ball, yeah. that they play their best. That's all I ask for. If we had played our best and we simply got our asses kicked, I would have been okay with that. I mean, I wouldn't have been okay. I would have been like, wow, we're still a year or two away. But to see that we actually were pushing them all over the field. Oh, they didn't know what to do in that first half. It was unbelievable. When it was over and I'm fighting back tears, I went to go piss, one of my many pisses. And I looked up as if I was talking to God. And all I said was, why don't you just blow us out? Just why didn't you just blow us out? Like, yeah. I would have taken 48 to nothing over this. Oh, like, yeah. This is worse than 48 to nothing. It is. It is. Because I would have just went to bed early. <laughs> yeah. I would have been, and I almost turned it off at halftime going, I'm going to bed knowing we won. That's it. Oh. I don't want to hear about the rest of the world. But, of course, I can't do that. Uh, so, no, I did not blame God. <laughs> but I did, uh, I did wonder uh, how the hell three minutes and 59 seconds changed the entire fucking game. I mean, it was it's it was amazing. I, I I'll tell you when I really thought it was over, and not and it wasn't the going for it on fourth down. It was Ayuk's catch, that fifty-one yarder off our guy's helmet. I remember thinking that's the kind of shit they show on ESPN twenty years from now as the the tide that turned the game. Yeah, right. Um, we yeah. we see it all the time. What what happened? It was the I think when the Saints, when uh the Saints beat the Colts in the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning's Colts. Uh, they did an onside kick to start the second half. Nobody saw it coming. 
and it was a surprise, and they uh-huh. got the ball. And everybody credits that. They're like, that that was the moment. That was the moment that turned the tide of the game. And they still show that play 20 years ago, you know, from 20 years ago or whatever it was. When Ayuk made that catch, I remember thinking, we lost. That's it. And we were still up 24 to 10 at the time. And I was like, nope, this is bad. This is real bad, man. That's the kind of play they'll show. They'll show in their fucking kids 30 years from now. Yeah. Um. And, and then, of course, they scored. Then we fumbled and they scored again. And I was like, I should just turn it off. Yeah. Because it's it's 24-24. Well, a little good news today. Yes, we got some good news yeah. reporting today. Some From breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Breaking are, news. We are retaining our offensive coordinator. Yes. <laughs> and that's huge, folks, because not only was he a shoe-in for the Washington job, he was all but ready to go right. and take the head coaching job of the Washington Commanders. He is integral to our offense and integral to Goff's uh, performance. Yeah. Right? He is a perfect fit for Goff. Goff's a perfect fit for him. They mesh, they mesh well together, and the offense runs so smoothly through this guy. I think Dan that, Campbell's, uh, he has tear stains on his shoes as he was holding his ankles. Dude. <laughs> not, not letting him leave. Please don't go. <laughs> but just give us one more year. And. And I remember thinking, Dan Campbell, <coughs> excuse me, in the post game, with tears in his eyes, he said that I was I was truthful with the guys. I told them this might have been our only shot. Like normally, you never hear a coach say that. You always hear them say, "Ah, we'll be back next year." You know, fear not, we'll be back. Dan Campbell was honest. He was like, "This may have been our only shot," because he knows number one how hard it's going to be yep. to do it two years in a row. Everyone's going to try and poach your talent. Not only that, we have we now have the first place schedule. I don't know for those of you that don't know how the NFL scheduling works. Whatever place you finish in your division, you play that place of all the other teams that you play. So, like when we pick, uh, and not all of them. It's so here's how it works. Obviously, you play your division rivals twice. So that's six games right there, right? Two against Minnesota, two against Chicago, two against Green Bay, one home, one away. Then they pick a division from each conference. You know. They'll say, okay, uh, this year you play the NFC East. Mm-hmm. So every team in our division will play everybody in the NFC East. And then they pick one from the AFC. Okay, you're going to play the AFC South. So everybody in our division will play everybody in the AFC South. But to fill the rest of the gaps, it's where you finish. So last year we finished fourth. So we got – no, I think we finished third. Third or fourth. We played the third or fourth ranked team in the other divisions. You know what I mean? Yeah. This year we're going to be playing all the number one teams because we won our division. So we're going to be we're going to be filling all those schedule gaps. Yeah, with yeah. Division winners. So, well, I mean that's gonna it's gonna be a tougher season, but man, we started this season. Who'd we play first game? Yeah, at Chiefs. Yeah. We had that division. We and had we a- won we, on the road. We did. We had the AFC West was our AFC division this year. <sighs> yeah. Um, but uh, let me finish. I didn't finish my other point. When Dan Campbell was saying that, I think he believed that Ben Johnson was gone. Right, right. So he was thinking not only is our schedule going to be harder, but we're probably going to lose some guys. Somebody might retire. Somebody might sign as a free agent somewhere else. We're going to lose talent, uh, and we're going to lose our offensive coordinator. I think he firmly believed that. Today is a huge leap in getting back to the NFC title game. Uh, I text my buddy Hughes as soon as I heard the news. I said, dude, we retained our OC. Now I feel like we can go back. <laughs> like, I wasn't I wasn't very confident, but oh, now yeah. I think we can. Yeah. 19-0, let's do it. Or actually, now it would be 20-0. Actually, if you have a first-round bye, 20 or 
Fuck, I don't know. The new format's no, different. First round buy, yeah, first round buy. So, first round buy. You still have to play three games, though. Yeah, so it'd be twenty. It'd be twenty and zero. It would be twenty and zero. That's cool. <gasps> twenty and zero. A twenty and zero lion season. Oh. <laughs> I think I just died a little bit, and a part of my soul just went up to heaven. Just like that was it. Like yeah. All right. Um. So yeah. So big news coming out of Detroit for the Lions. Uh, those of you that are football fans, we're meshing football into our. Uh, Film podcast. Okay, so to recap the Best Picture nominees, can't remember them all, guess what I bought at Target today? Uh, DVD player. I <laughs> I already have one. I have no way to play a DVD. Uh, you don't have any player, no Blu-ray player? Uh, we, we do have an Xbox that I have to plug in and hook up, but yeah, so uh, I could use that. So I have a Blu-ray player, and I bought the Holdovers because... If you want to stream the holdovers, you gotta get the Peacock uh, subscription, yeah. not the free Peacock. You gotta get the upgrade. Yep. So I'm like, I'm not paying for that shit. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. That's what. That's my thoughts to Peacock. I'm not paying for a monthly charge just to watch a movie once. So I went to Target where I knew they had it on Blu-ray. It was five bucks more than the DVD, and I thought, well. I'm going to spring the extra five bucks and get the Blu-ray. Uh, because I know I'm going to like it. I like all of this guy's movies. And I'm not just talking about Giamatti. I'm talking about the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like all his films. So I know I'm going to like it. This is one of those rare times where I bought a, a Blu-ray but without seeing the movie first. Yeah. Knowing that I, I knew I was going to like the movie. Um, I can't remember the first time I did that. <laughs> but it, was, it was something that I knew I was going to like. Yeah. So, yeah. So I bought The Holdovers. I did not watch Barbie yet. V has tried. So my wife, V, has had like two or three attempts at Barbie. But she does it at the end of the day when she's exhausted. And she gets in bed. Like she takes her shower or whatever, gets in her jammies. <laughs> yeah. And she gets in bed and puts it on the TV in the bedroom. She doesn't make the first 10 minutes. She's been watching it in 10-minute intervals. Oh, my God. So it's been like day three now, and she's 30 minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as she gets every time. I have not watched Barbie yet. I, I started off, I already saw Oppenheimer in the theater uh, last summer. I'm probably going to watch it again if we uh, attempt to break that monstrous film down in, in, a, in a beat sheet. Um, Blake Snyder would be so proud. Uh, so aside from Oppenheimer, I started off with Anatomy of a Fall mm-hmm. and now Past Lives. And I'm going to try to fit in uh, Barbie and the Holdovers. I don't know, sometime in the next few days. Yeah, Jesse didn't want to watch Anatomy of, the, of a Fall because she thought the trailer looked scary and violent. And so far, I'm well into it. I, I have about half an hour left to go. i got to finish it tonight. And it, it It's not scary. No, it's more of a drama, right? It's I mean, very much a drama. Yeah, so it's, I mean, but I could see the trailer, there's a couple scenes in the trailer that are kind of, you know, suspenseful and they show blood and it's like, that's that's why she thought that, but so. there are some brutal parts. Yes. Um, and what what? Well, I was gonna say what part are you on right now? You said you have about a half hour left. Yeah, she's. I think they're winding up the court scenes or. So have whatever. they have they played the recording that they found? Yes, they just did. They just did that part. That's an intense scene. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it more on the podcast, but what I thought, one of the interesting things I thought they did there was the the boy, the blind kid. Yeah. While he's in court, he's envisioning in his head what happened. And he's got several versions, mm. right? Or did they not show that yet where you are? 
No, but they didn't. Know. They didn't like they they showed the boy. They keep yeah. panning to the boy and stuff. And right, but did they show where he's like he's thinking about it, and and they show the things he thinks is happening? Do you remember that? You may have to go back and watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, I'm gonna back it up a little <laughs> bit and watch. Yeah, because I was a little. But, yeah, because that what I liked about that is they're they're letting the audience know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway, I got a lot of thoughts about that movie. Yeah. Um, that movie was way deeper than Past Lives. Past Lives is pretty much on the nose, but it's still got some pretty good themes and some pretty good uh, tracking uh, emotional shifts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the spiritual and tangible goals. Have you watched Past Lives yet or not? No, Jesse wants right. to watch that, so we're gonna watch that together maybe tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good it's a good relationship one. It's it's another one that it pisses you off sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always pissed off about something when it comes to relationship movies, um, which people will find out when we air our Valent. That's a nice segue to our Valentine show. Yep. When is our Valentine show being released, Chris? Now, keep in mind, the Super Bowl is su- Sunday, February 11th, and Valentine's Day is three days later on Wednesday the 14th. So yeah, it should be that- it should be ready by Super, Super Bowl Sunday, I think. I just haven't had the t- yeah, I haven't I haven't had the time to do much editing, so I'm just getting started with that now. So, so, you know how like sometimes they save the pilot of the new show for like after the Super Bowl because they yeah. want that lead in yeah, on, yeah. The, on the viewership. You know, you know Sunday night after the Super Bowl, you know the first episode of the new Justin Timberlake drama. You know whatever. Yeah, we could do that with our podcast. We're gonna air our podcast after the <laughs> Super Bowl, which I, I might air it during. That'll be our halftime show. Oh, our halftime Because show. I'm probably not watching it. <laughs> you got to watch the Super Bowl. I don't know if I can watch, watch it, man. It depends. I do feel a little better today, but yesterday I couldn't imagine watching it. And, and the, conventional wisdom is, the conventional wisdom is you root for the team that beat you. I know. Because, because then you could say, well, it took the best team to beat us, and we were that close. It's going to be hard for me to root for the Niners. <laughs> it's just going to be hard for me to root for the Niners. <laughs> I know that Mahomes already has two rings, and I'm going to get sick and tired of watching every time they show Taylor Swift in the crowd. Um, and I get all that. But the, just the way it ended, I don't know if I can root for the Niners, man. That's hard. <laughs> I that know. So hard. I figure it's a win-win. If the Niners lose, then yeah, fuck them. But if they win, then I can say, hey, we had the best team in the league on the ropes for an entire half at 24 to 7. And, you know, we were that close. We were a half away. In fact, we were, people always say that we were one half away. We were three minutes and 59 seconds of fuck ups away. Yeah. If we take out that four minutes, we still win that game easily. If Reynolds catches that pass on fourth and two, we score on that drive. I guarantee it. Yeah. So I don't know, I'm getting wild. I'm getting all worked up again. <laughs> well, I think that was our update. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to give a quick commercial. We wanted to give you an update on what happened with the Lions, and we wanted to plug our upcoming Valentine's show. Which, uh, Chris, can you remind the audience what is our Valentine's show? It's about somewhere in time. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I think I can. Uh finagle the word so about and time are two look i liked my first one it was it's about time somewhere (laughs) (laughs) i like that one (laughs) with a comma in there about time somewhere um but anyway it's all in the delivery yeah (laughs) just like the everything everywhere all at once we had to put a period after each one right right 
<laughs> what are the movies that are going to be talked about on the Valentine's special? Oh, so it was uh, Somewhere in Time, what, 1980? 1980. Christopher Reeve, Jane yeah, Seymour, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Somewhere in Time and About Time, which was 2014? 13? I think it was 2013. Maybe. Don't don't quote us on the dates. <laughs> we got it right on the show. A couple so of just, just time story, <laughs> love-themed. Time travel. Time tra- yeah, time yeah. travel. Yeah, yeah. And I'm proud of the beer I got for that. So I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let myself tell it uh, when you listen to the show. Yes, you listen to the show. So uh, when you guys listen to this, we're probably going to air this in a couple of days. Um, it is literally, by the time you hear it, it's a week after the NFC, AFC title games. Super Bowl is a week away, and then the Valentine special will be released on or around the Super Bowl. Yep. And then we got to get back to work and start pumping out our Oscar shows. We're going to have a, probably, what, a string of maybe two or three months in a row where we do just do Oscar movies. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Excited about that. We have a new thing this year. We usually pair an Oscar film from this year with something that it pairs well in the past. Those of you who've been with us since the beginning... Uh, when Sound of Metal was up for Best Picture, we paired it with Children of a Lesser God, which was a Best Picture nominee in the 80s. Uh, when Promising Young Woman was up for Best Picture, we paired it with a Best Picture nominee, Thelma Louise, yep. from the early 90s. We had been doing that. That was our shtick. But with 10 nominations, yeah, my brother had the genius idea. <laughs> Why don't we pair these movies up with other fucking movies from this year? Yeah. So we can get through them faster, and that's a good idea. So we're going to try to get 10 nominees whittled down somehow to two or three episodes. There's probably six of them right there. I don't know how we're going to – yeah. I mean, we, I, it we would get 10 down to five. If we, if, we, if we did five months of Oscar movies, March, April, May, June, July, <laughs> we would have all the Oscar Best Pictures covered. Uh, I don't know if we want to do that. I yeah. think we should just pick maybe our favorite six, and that's three episodes right there. Yeah. All right. Sounds so we got to watch them all to know what six we like. So we got a lot of watching to do. <laughs> yeah, we still have to do a lot of homework. All right, folks. This was going to be a quick one. We just wanted to give you a quick update on why we cried ourselves to sleep on Sunday night. Yeah. And why there is optimism on Tuesday morning. So what do we always say? Keep drinking and keep watching. Go support your local cinema. Yeah, that too. So I always miss that part. Thank <laughs> you.